Tara Bell is the mother of a very special little girl named Indy Lou, who stole the hearts of thousands of people across the globe. Indy was born with Down syndrome in May of 2016, and although it was a scary and unexpected diagnosis at first for Tara, she says it turned out to be the best thing about Indy. Tara shares what it's like to have a daughter with Down syndrome, and then what it was like to watch Indy go through chemotherapy to stop the early stages of leukemia, only to have it return and fight cancer for a second time. Indy's earthly life ended far too early in June of 2021, just after her fifth birthday, but her story and her light and joy and courage continues to inspire and touch the lives of thousands of people. This interview felt like a sacred gift, a tender and raw and heartfelt journey between a mother and daughter. Tara shared with me so many miracles and tender mercies and little ways that she still sees Indy all the time in her life. And I felt the warmth and truthfulness of that as we talked about her sweet Indy. I wish we could have had Indy speak today too, but this next sound clip will give you a tiny piece of the magic of Indy Lou. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, the burp. Oh, you had a burp right in the camera. You are so silly. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> favorite dad or mom? Daddy. Who's your favorite dad or Oakley? Daddy. Daniel. Who's your favorite, Oakley or mom? Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favorite, Scott or Oakley? Daddy. No, who's your favorite? Who like more, Scott or Oakley? Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oakley more? Yeah. She's so nice to you, huh? Say Oakley. Oakley. Yes. Okay, Tara, I am so happy to have you with me today. And it was it's so fun to see you in person and talk to you. So thanks for, well, virtually, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, any opportunity to share our story and our little girl makes me um, honored. It's, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful too. So let's start maybe just a little before Indy was born, because I know that you guys kind of had, you've shared that you've had, you had a hard time getting pregnant and that was kind of a journey, right? Yes. So um, we tried for five years to get pregnant and we, we did a lot of um, natural methods. We did a lot of medical interventions and it was a long, arduous process. But after two rounds of in vitro fertilization, we finally conceived and we had had one miscarriage before that and one failed IVF before that where we had implanted two babies and it, it just didn't take. And so this second round of IVF, we conceived and we got pregnant with twins and we were so excited. We had dreamed of twins for years. I had dreamed of twins since I was a little girl, actually. And wow. So we were so, so excited. And then when I was 11 weeks pregnant, we ended up losing that twin and it was oh, just gut wrenching. Like we were, we were shattered about that, but the pregnancy um, then continued and everything went well. And Indy was born. She came three weeks early. And when she was born, we found out that she had Down syndrome and that was a total surprise to us. Um, we didn't do genetic testing during my pregnancy, I guess, mm -hmm. just assumed like, well, we're young and we're healthy and we did IVF, everything should be good and everything looked good on ultrasounds. And so when Indy was born, it was a beautiful birth experience. And as soon as I laid eyes on her, we were just in love, of course, you know, and yeah. I did notice though, like something stood out to me as looking a little bit different. And I thought her ears look a little different and I worried for a minute, but I like said this out loud and, you know, I was like, she kind of looks different than I expected. And like, nobody really acknowledged what I said. And I just thought, okay, you know, just everything's good. And then they ended up taking her away from us. And like 45 minutes later, my husband had been in the nursery with her and 45 minutes later, they came walking back to our room without Indy and without like our brand new baby, but it was just the, the pediatrician and my husband. And she asked everyone in the room to leave, which was really scary. Cause I was like, did, did she die or, you know, what happened? Yeah. And she asked everyone to leave the room and then including my mom, 
And then she proceeded to tell us like in a very frank way, she just said, so we think Indy has Down syndrome. And we were just like, what? You know, it was totally shocking. And, you know, we, we, we both cried. We were so sad and like, it felt devastating at the time, you know? And yeah, like to this day, I feel like that, that night kind of haunts me because I was so sad about Indy having Down syndrome. And it ended up being like my very favorite part of our story and the best thing about my life like was Indy and Indy wouldn't be Indy if she didn't have Down syndrome. So in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have been so sad and so terrified, but of course that was all just natural. And I know that so many parents, I think most parents feel that way when they receive like um, an unexpected diagnosis, you know, for their child, but And that's such an unknown, unless you happen to have grown up with a sibling or something like that. Yeah. That's like, I would imagine for any, especially like new parent, this is your first child. That's a lot of information to take in. Yeah, absolutely. And we like had tried for so long and tried so hard. And so we both kind of felt like, did we push it? Like, were we not? Anyways, it was, that's, a you know the acceptance of Down syndrome was it took me a few months, several months, and it took my husband like a few hours. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But she just, as soon as we held her for that first time after finding out that she had Down syndrome, it was like, you could just feel this gigantic spirit like radiating out of her. Even as soon as I walked through the NICU doors and I saw her like 20 feet ahead of me, I just felt her spirit it was really an incredible experience just knowing her, how she truly was and, and then holding her and remembering like, this is the baby that was inside of me. Like, this is my indie. We just felt as one again. And her spirit was so connected to mine. And I wish that she would have been in my arms when they told me that she had down syndrome, because I know that would have changed everything, but because she yeah. was there, it was like, you start, I felt this disconnect, like, well, wait, no, that's not the baby. Like we thought we were having. And, and so anyways, that, that night was challenging, but the next, like, I mean, Indy's life is just incredible. And she is this little miracle baby and such a gift to us. And I now having had a child with down syndrome, like it is such a gift. Um, sorry, I guess she's, just so special to me. I was hoping I could make it through this without crying so much, but no, it's okay. I mean, truly she was remarkable, just different, you know, yeah. in a really special way. And to the point where I think, I think that's why so many people just were captivated by her and her story and her energy and her light. And I just remember like being so drawn to your stories of her and her twirling necklace. And I I, like, I want to talk about all those things, but you know, she just had this like really magical way of, I think, making people feel like light and happiness. And I mean, it was, it was like, like magnetic. I don't know how to, you know, but anyway, so, so keep telling me like after that kind of what life was like, maybe as a baby or a toddler, it was just pure joy and an angel. She was truly an angel. Um, the easiest baby, so easygoing, so happy and joyful and so much fun. We, we traveled a lot with her. She was really great traveling and we took her after her first birthday we took her to Europe for a month and we, Mm -hmm. we went to Iceland and the Netherlands and Norway, Finland and Sweden. And we had so much fun and it was, it was really special actually to take her to that part of the world where Down syndrome isn't quite as accepted or celebrated as Mm. it here in our, in our country that was really special because people were really drawn to her there as well. Everywhere we took Indy, people were drawn to her. It was, she was the showstopper. Yeah. (laughs) So she was just the funnest. We had such a great time. 
always just me, her and daddy. And it was, it was amazing. Um, and she, she developed really well. We had therapy appointments a lot. Like therapists would come to our house once or twice a week and do physical therapy, occupational therapy. And that was new, you know, new and different and getting into the groove of that. But she really excelled at everything she did and always surprised us with how well she progressed, how well she advanced, how well she picked things up. You know, they tell you one thing when she was born, like what to expect. And then she pretty much did everything different. You know, she was amazing at at everything. So they kind of set the expectations or the bar like really low. And then Mm -hmm. kids just always excel far above. And um, Indy was amazing. We were always so surprised at like how smart she was. She was so intelligent. But we just we had the funnest time. And it was when she was about 16 months old and she just the cutest thing ever. She had this bright purple walker and Mm -hmm. that was really the showstopper everywhere we went, like Mm -hmm. cruising around in this little purple walker. And (laughs) it was, it was so adorable, but I guess I should share too. And this time, like when Indy was six months old, I had this impression that I should share her birth story and start sharing her publicly, like start sharing on Instagram more about our life, more about Indy. And so I, I did that. I wrote our birth story and I started a blog for the sole purpose of like sharing our birth story. Cause I just wanted a place to be able to share it. And yeah. it, it spread far and wide really quickly. And people started following along with our journey with Indy. And it was incredible to me, even at this young age of like six months old, how people were drawn to her and the messages I would get of like, you know, I'm having a bad day. And all I needed to do was come and look at pictures and videos of Indy. And I feel such a peace and such a calm. And I began realizing at this young age with her, like truly, how remarkable her spirit was because it was, it always surprised me when I would receive these messages like, well, Indy does this for me, but you're a total stranger just watching her through a screen and she's doing this for you as well. And it was truly incredible. And it only grew from there and the people who loved her and the messages that all became more and more frequent. And she became a part of people's daily lives in such yeah. a way. And as her mother, that's been like the most incredible part to witness is like the spreading of her light and the impact of her special spirit and the way that people loved her. But that started when she was just a baby and it just grew and grew and grew through her five years. So anyways, back to Indy with her cute purple walker and her pigtail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she started kind of showing signs of not feeling well, not being herself. Her physical skills kind of started to digress a little bit. Like she was climbing stairs and then suddenly she didn't want to do that anymore. And she became a little bit fussy, which was not like her at all. And she um, didn't sleep as well through the night, which was not like her at all either. And so something, and she started getting sick. She would get frequent illnesses, like, you know, cold, she got croup and then she got RSV and, you know, just ear infections, things kind of back to back. And I'm a nurse, I'm a a pediatric nurse actually. And so seeing all these signs were definitely red flags for me. And I remember having the thought several times, like she's showing signs of leukemia, but like tucking it away, hoping that I was just being a paranoid mom, you know? (laughs) Um, And I said to my husband once, I was like, Bray, I think Indy has leukemia. And he just was like, no, no, she's, she's fine. Our physical therapist said like kids with Down syndrome sometimes will regress in their physical skills. It's probably nothing. So um, we took her to the doctor a couple of times. We never got any answers about anything. And so we just kind of put it to the side, like, all right, we're just going to ride this wave. Everything's okay. And then after like a series of a couple illnesses, we had a trip to Hawaii planned and we weren't sure if we would go because she had been sick, but her pediatrician said, 
like, I think the best thing for her right now would be fresh air in Hawaii, like sea level air. Cause we live in Utah and in the winters here, the, the air the worst. is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, like the inversion, it traps all of the pollution. It's, yes. It's bad. It is really bad. So yes, this was like dead of winter. And our pediatrician just said, take her, like go have two weeks in Hawaii. It'll be great for her lungs. She'll get better from this illness. And so we went and what happened was she just got sicker and sicker and not her lungs, like the lung, the cold went away, but the other symptoms, it was like, she she looked very pale. She had low energy and she was getting like intermittent fevers. And, mm-hmm. and she had this sign that was called um, petechiae and they're, they're little red dots underneath the skin. And it's like a big sign of leukemia or low platelets. It's a sign of low platelets. Um, in Hawaii, I was just so terrified, really, and that realized how sick Indy was. And at that time, it just was confirmed to me, like, she has leukemia. She's, like, showing every sign. And so we we were able to get her home, and we went straight to Primary Children's that day, and they told us that she had leukemia. And that was, like, up until that point, you know, the hardest day of our lives. Um, and such a roller coaster too. So they gave her blood transfusions and platelet transfusions and said like, we're going to have to start chemotherapy tomorrow. And I am like this natural holistic (laughs) nurse practitioner. And I'm like, okay, I always swore to myself, like if I ever got cancer, I wouldn't do chemotherapy because there are like these other ways to heal. And I believe in like natural medicine and chemotherapy is harsh and has bad side effects. And my belief in that has changed now. I'm not really sure where I stand on that, but anyways, I like to have someone say your daughter is going to have to start chemotherapy tomorrow when that had been my belief system of, you know, like it was, it was so terrifying and heart wrenching. And like I said, a roller coaster, because then the next day they came back to us and said, like, actually, it doesn't show leukemia. And we were like amazed and thought like, wow, this great miracle. And we got to go home and they said, we're not exactly mm-hmm. what it is. But when the final report comes back in a week, we'll let you know. And so we're just praying so hard, you know, that it wasn't leukemia all this time. And they called us a week later and said, it's not leukemia, but it's pre-leukemia. It's this really aggressive blood disorder, but it's slow growing and they treat it the same as leukemia because of how aggressive it can be, even though it's more slow growing. So we ended up doing treatments. We did five rounds of chemotherapy. Each round was um, about 30 days in the hospital and we did you know, so most of 2018 was spent in the hospital doing our treatments, Wow! but she like excelled through the treatments. She did so well. Chemotherapy really never got her down. Like she was cruising through the halls of the hospital with her purple walker (laughs) and Mm -hmm. everybody fell in love with her. They called her the hospital mascot and every, like everybody just always would watch for Indy every day out in the halls, going for her walks it was really, it was really sweet and such a challenge to live in the hospital for so long. Um, but we made it home and we decorated our room and made it comfortable and made it a safe place for Indy. You know, we put like affirmations up on the walls and lots of pictures and we just focused all our energy on helping inner, helping Indy feel safe and supported and loved. And it, we got through it and looking back, like we kind of look back on that time in our lives with like a tenderness and maybe a fondness because like, it's really, really hard to be there in the hospital, but it's also like sacred space. Like the children's hospital is really special and the people who work there, the nurses and the doctors, and especially who work on the cancer unit, it's like they're special people. And they became our family. And 
we just had like really sacred spiritual experiences in in the um our hospital rooms and so we do look back on that time with like i said like a fondness and gratitude because it was the hardest time but also a really special sacred time so she finished her treatments in September of 2018 and everything looked good. It looked like cancer had resolved entirely. And they told us that kids with Down syndrome, they have a higher risk of getting leukemia, but they have higher remission rates. And so they usually do very well with treatment. Um, and so me, you know, with my thinking, I'm like, over here mixing all these supplements and herbs and <laughs> like juicing everything I can juice and making her these detox smoothies and, mm-hmm. and doing everything I can to like assist her through chemotherapy and and with the cancer process and so there was no doubt in my mind like Indy will never get cancer again like this part is behind us we need to watch her closely for the next five years, but like, she's going to be great, you know? And in the midst of her treatments, I should add this part. This was a a big miracle for us. Like after five years of infertility and doing IVF with Indy during her rounds of chemotherapy, you know, living in the hospital, we decided like, we've never prevented pregnancy, but we decided like, just in case we should prevent pregnancy this year because it would be really hard to be pregnant like while Indy's going through chemotherapy and we're living Mm -hmm. in hospital so we were trying to prevent pregnancy and I got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) it just so happens and so such a miracle for us like I got pregnant um during right like right before her last round of chemotherapy and that that round was really hard but I was so so sick but then we went you know, we went home. I had the rest of the time, like to just grow my little baby. And our, our little birdie girl was born in March of 2019 and everything just felt so like blissful really, you know, cause we were like, okay, the biggest struggles are behind us. Like so many years of infertility and indeed like this cancer battle. So we were just elated to have like this new baby and a fresh start. It really felt like a fresh start. Like we, we were just so in love, of course, with both of our little girls and Indy and Down syndrome and cancer. Like we were, we were grateful for the story and grateful for the journey. Um, of course, thinking that like the hardest parts were behind us. And yeah. <laughs> and how did Indy respond? Cause I wasn't following you guys at the time. How did Indy respond to having a baby in the house? Oh my gosh. It was so cute. She was a little unsure at first, honestly, mm-hmm. because kids with down syndrome are very, they cling to their routines and, yeah. and change is hard for them. And so for Indy going from like mommy and daddy, always, always with her, like my husband yeah. was able to work remotely. So in the hospital, like we were both always there and we were always there through everything those first few years for her or her whole life, really. So when we had a baby, I think that was a challenge for her, but she, it was so cute. Cause we would like catch her when none of us were watching. She would like sneak over to birdie and just stand and stare at her and like <laughs> her hand and gently touch her leg. And she loved her little sister so much. <laughs> it was, their relationship was really, really sweet and special. And it was really special too, to watch Birdie grow up um, knowing that like her big sister needed her in a different way. And Birdie, um, we've always joked that she's like our teenage baby and our boss baby because she was like born and grown up. And we watched her, you know, from the, from the moment she could, I would say it was probably when, when she was about one, we started Mm -hmm. like all the things that she would do to help Indy. Like I have this video of Indy. She was getting an IV one day and like IV vitamin C and we were walking Indy through the house and birdie came up and like 
pushed my husband out of the way so that she could push the IV pole for Indy and barely walking. You know, it was just little things like that where I watched and was just amazed at the ways that like Birdie cared for her big sister, Um, like hands while Indy had to like take her supplements or encouraging her with drinking her juices. It was, it's, it's the sweetest thing. So their relationship was, um, so sweet and special to watch unfold. Um, yeah, they seem to have a really, really tender bond. Yeah. Yeah. And they still do, which, which I love. It's, it's hard for me to talk about indie and our life in like past tense, you know, as Indy was because to me, Indy is still very much alive and she's still very much alive in our family. And we, we talk with Birdie every day about Indy and like what Indy's doing and what Indy's probably doing right here with us in our home. And, you know, so Birdie will say sometimes like Indy's in the bath with me and Indy, like Indy wants to sit next to me on the couch and watch this show, like one of her favorite shows, you know, and, and so their relationship still continues to grow and develop, which is so special for me. You know, I don't ever want anybody to forget Indy, but especially her little sister. I want Birdie to grow up knowing about Indy and knowing how she was and remembering her and and that's something that we put a lot of intention into every, every single day. You know, we draw pictures for Indy. We have a journal for Indy. We, um, we play pretend with Indy all the time. So their relationship does continue to grow, which is, is really sweet for me to watch. And I, I believe that too. And it makes so much sense to me. Um, my husband lost his brother well, he's lost two brothers actually, but he lost his closest brother to him um, two and a half years ago. And he has told me over and over that like Dave is more alive to him now than he's ever been. And that he's like just with him all the time instead of, you know, he lived in Utah, we live in California. And so he's like, I feel like I spend more time with him now than I ever did before. And so that's something that we really believe in and, and feel like is a big part of our life too, for my husband and his brother. So that makes a lot of sense to me. It's really, it's really sweet to hear that you guys are, are putting an emphasis on that. And, and I love what you share too on Instagram all the time about like seeing Indy and feeling Indy and seeing like signs from her and you know, I think that's really special too. Yeah. I love what you said, like that our, you know, your husband feels like his brother is more alive than ever for him, because I feel like that is the benefit, you know, of having someone so close to you, um, reside in heaven and being on the other side of the veil is that they then can be there for you in a whole new way because they know, exactly what you're needing when you're needing it and they can Mm -hmm. guide you and just be more present in your life all the time. And I also related to, you know, you guys living in California, his brother living in Utah, because there was, there was so much time that Indy and Birdie spent apart because Indy, because of Indy being in the hospital Um, or like being sick and not, not wanting to play, you know, cause she didn't feel good. So um, there was a lot of time where they were apart. And so in that sense, Indy really is with Birdie more now than she was, yeah. you know, when she was physically here because she's with her and with all of us all the time. So that definitely makes the journey and the loss a little bit lighter when you can remember those things and seek to feel and know and see those things every day. Yeah. 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 I want to give you the opportunity. If you don't want to talk about how she passed, we can, we can skip that part. It's up to you. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll quickly recap like the last two years because this is where it got extra, extra hard. So, um, birdie, you know, she was born. We had, we had like six months of bliss, I would say like before Birdie was born. And then after she was born, 
she was four months old when Indy, we found out that Indy relapsed. And that again was like another shock. You know, I was so um, strong in my conviction that Indy would never get cancer again because of like how well she did through treatment, how it was gone after treatment and how well I took care of her, like always striving to give her body the best and to keep her well, to fill her body with good things. And um, when we found out that she relapsed, it was truly just a total shock. And it was way harder than the first time we found out she had cancer. It's almost like, it's just, it's like you feel that you've made it through this Mm -hmm. extremely hard thing. And then you realize that you didn't and that it's back. And that when it comes back, it's always harder to get rid of a second time. Um, I've heard someone say that cancer is like a weed. And if you don't get it like the very first time, (laughs) then it just kind of grows back stronger and further each time. And so um, a relapse was just crushing. And I still had this conviction though, like Indy is such a special soul and such a special little girl she's needed on this earth heavenly father needs her here we all need her here to like keep sharing her light so she's going to be okay it'll be okay so we moved forward with faith she um got a bone marrow transplant and they kept telling us like kids with down syndrome don't do as well with transplants it's harder on them but we were like well indy is like the strongest little girl we know she's going to do great and we went in we had like this really beautiful experience with, you know, the donor we felt like was the donor for her bone marrow transplant. We felt like was really specifically picked for her. And we proceeded with faith and hope and trust, right? It's like, that's Mm -hmm. all we can do. And she did so well through transplant. All of the doctors and the nurses were like amazed at how well Indy did through transplant. And they, we went home earlier than they told us. We did the transplant over Thanksgiving and they thought we might be able to make it home by Christmas. And she did really well. We were home by December 15th and we were so happy, like just amazed at how well she did. And then on January 4th, so we'd been home for like three weeks. All of a sudden, um, Indy became way, way sick and we took her into the hospital her oxygen was had her oxygen levels had plummeted. She developed this inflammatory, super rare inflammatory response that happens after a transplant. Um, and it totally just inflames your lungs. It is essentially what happens to a person who has COVID and has that like widespread lung inflammation. This is what Indy had after getting her transplant. It's like one person. Wow think of people who get a transplant have this reaction. And so, you know, they put her on a ventilator and the ventilator wasn't enough. And so they put her on ECMO and ECMO is like a life-saving machine that it bypasses the blood from your lungs entirely and puts them through a machine. It's like the furthest life support you can be on. So in, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was, I mean, we spent a month in the ICU and we just call that time. Like that was really the, like the darkest, the dark night of the soul, like just the darkest, darkest time of like, is she going to pull through this? Is she going to live? And, and then during that time, um, it was a little bit before that time, cancer cells all of a sudden showed up in her blood again. And they, they were like, what this, we've never seen this happen. They told us the transplant had failed. It was just, I mean, her, her life was on the line, you know, and during this, she was on, um, life support. We were, I could just tell that like, there were times when she was there with her body and times when like, she wasn't, you know, and we're like, she was kind of walking the veil, like one foot on each side, I would say. And, and like more miracles, she recovered. She came off of life support we took her home. They said like, you know, cancer came back. It's growing out of control. She probably has six weeks left to live. And we just like, weren't ready to let her go. Of course, no parent is ever ready to let her go, let your child go. But 
it was just kind of like, no, she, she can beat this. She can overcome this. And I'm sure the doctors thought we were absolutely delusional, but we took her home. Um, we, you know, again, I juiced like everything I could juice and I pushed juices through a feeding tube and supplements and herbs and IV vitamin C and all the things. And she started to get better. One amazing part of this was like, we had a a huge worldwide fast for her and thousands of people fasted for Indy. It was on, it was um, February 20th of 2020 and it was such a powerful day. And at the end of the day, I just remember having this, I was praying and pondering and kind of meditating. And I had this like vision of thousands of people standing around this little girl, like linking arms and some were holding candles and everyone just staring at Indy and like all the love that they had for Indy just pouring into her. And I just had this feeling like Indy's going to be okay. And it was, it was such a powerful experience. And I know she did, she did turn the corner. She started to improve. The doctors were like blown away. You know, they had no, there's no medical explanation for what has happened to her is what they told us. Um, it was Which like, is the definition of a miracle, right? Yes. And that's, you know, that's what they said. They were like, this is miraculous. There's no explanation. And I just know that that came by like the faith and the prayer and the desire of thousands of people, you know, for this one little girl that meant so much to them. And it was, it was just so miraculous to be a part of something like that, like such a miracle. And then, you know, COVID happened right after that. And Indy became this bright light for people during that really hard time, that really hard year with all the the lockdowns and the isolation, you know, Indy became this person that people could go watch every day. And she brought them peace and hope and, and joy in, you know, for some people, the darkest year of their lives. I totally experienced that. I like, it's rare to get on Instagram and feel like, Oh, somebody like they have new stories. And that Indy was like one of the only experiences other than like when I know there's something like from one of my nephews or something like that, you know, it's like so exciting. I remember I would just be like, oh, these are going to be like, like lift my spirits, just like you're saying, you know, I experienced that every time I would see that there was like a new bubble from you. So yes. Yeah. She brought that light into my life and my kids' lives too. They would watch with me. And it was something that was really, really uplifting for us too, during that very hard year for everyone. Yeah. I love hearing that. I didn't know that. And you know, that just, it like, you know, the Testament of Indy and her power in that little tiny body, you know, just it's her spirit and it's the light and the light that she exudes and it just, it draws people in and it's really humbling to be her mom and to have been able to watch the journey firsthand and to see her impact firsthand. Um, but we are like, I'm so, so grateful for, we were given an extra year and a half with Indy, um, from the time, you know, she was in the ICU and things looked really grim and nobody thought she was going to survive that. And then she did. And then nobody thought she would survive the return of cancer. And then she did. And those miracles, um, truly just humbling. And they still leave me in awe. Like I still think back to those times and those miracles and just think like, um, God is good and he's present in our lives. And even though our hardship didn't go away and like, obviously the story didn't end or I don't like to say that it's ended because it continues in a different way, but like the story didn't unfold the way we all would have hoped, but we were given an extra year and a half with her and it was such a gift and such so many memories and great times did we have in that year and a half. It was almost exactly one year after they told us, you know, that she had six weeks to live. It was almost exactly one year after that, that cancer came back and she had struggled during that year, the year of COVID. She had struggled with 
um, graft versus host disease. And it made her suffer quite a bit. And we were in and out of the hospital because of graft versus host disease. But from a cancer standpoint, like her immune system was doing amazing and they were still, you know, amazed by what she had been through and what she had overcome. Um, and so, you know, we were in Puerto Rico at the time and her left eye started to swell. This was um, January of this year of 2021. And her left eye started to swell and it just kept swelling and swelling. And we called, you know, the oncologist and they were like, well, this is really concerning for cancer behind the eye. And I was like, mm -hmm. no way, you know, but we flew home from Puerto Rico um, she had an MRI and a biopsy and it was, it was indeed cancer behind her eye. And, but the rest of her body looked clear. Her bone marrow was clear. Her blood work was all good. So we were all very hopeful that like, this was an isolated location behind her eye that maybe they just missed from the first, you know, from the transplant. And mm -hmm. so we did radiation on her eye and we were all hopeful. Like she was doing amazing. You know, everyone thought she would be good from then, from there on out. And then in April, we were down in Puerto Rico again. We had kind of um, taken up a second residence in Puerto Rico again for her lungs to give her fresh ocean air and get away from the winter air of Utah. So mm -hmm. this is why we were in Puerto Rico again. It was like always for our girls, all for Indy, you know, to give her the best chance at healing. But we were there a second time and she um, got very, very, very sick and we were able to get her home and took her back up to primaries. And after a few days of testing, we found out that like um, cancer had grown in tumors this time. It was still leukemia, but it was growing in tumors. Usually leukemia is like in your blood, you know? Yeah. This time it grew in tumors along her spine and around her pancreas. And that's what was causing all of her symptoms. Mm. So that was like, for sure, the most devastating news, you know, you could ever hear. And they told us that like, if we did radiation on those tumors, it might give her an extra two weeks. But if we did nothing that she would live for two weeks. So this was like shocking again, you know, because we we're like, she was just doing so well. Like we were just on the beach in Puerto Rico and she was happy. And then the next day, yeah. she was so sick. And within a few days, you hear this like devastating news, you know, but we decided not to do radiation. It felt like the most respectful thing to do for Indy because it would have only given her an extra two weeks, but it takes two weeks out of your life where you do it every single day. And, and you have to be like put under anesthesia every day. So anyways, we decided not to do it. And we just thought we're going to like love her as much as we can in her final, final weeks and show her like nothing but joy and nothing but like the happiness that she always gives to us, you know? So she ended up living six weeks after that, which again was like a miracle for us because they told us two weeks. and in those six weeks like she did so extremely well we had hard moments and even towards the end we had hard days but she was still joyful and laughing and twirling her necklace and mm -hmm. and doing all of the sweet adorable things that she always did and you would just look at her and like never know what was going on inside of her little body so Sorry, I'm try to like compose myself a little bit, but we really saw miracles in those last six weeks, like through the through how well she did, through her the joy that never left her, and through the people that served us, like you know, people at our house every single day help like juicing for us, cleaning for us, doing our laundry so that we didn't have to worry about anything except like focusing on Indy and spending our time with her. Um, people would like set up fun parades, you know, in front of our house for Indy to watch mm -hmm. and birthday parties for Indy. And, you know, it was her birthday in the middle of those six weeks and she turned five and I didn't think that she would um, make it to her birthday and she did. And we were so grateful for that. Really though, it's like, you have to look so hard for the miracles in a time like that. 
um, and make special note of them so that you don't lose sight of like lose sight of heavenly father's love for you and the constant support and the uplift from angels on both sides of the veils. So I made sure to like write all the experiences down so that I wouldn't forget them. And it was, it was really simple things like from finding a white feather sticking out of my pants, like a little love note from an angel, you know, or looking mm-hmm. at the clock every day at 11, 11 and recognizing like something's drawing my attention to the clock every day at 11, 11 and, um, making note of like all the people who would check in and drop off and do things for us. And, you know, all the little messages, heavenly father really wanted us to know that like we weren't alone in that time and that he knew what we were going through and what we were feeling, but and he couldn't take it away, you know, he did once before, but the second time was different. We, we both had the feeling like Indy's completed her mission and she's like ready. She's ready to go and ready to be done. And we got like an extra year and a half, which was so beautiful, but like, it's time for us to just lovingly let her go so that she can continue her mission and like in a brighter place. And it's been incredible, really, to continue to watch her impact. You know, the messages I get from people who use her daily for, like, guidance and inspiration. And, you know, like, wearing one of her shirts or wearing her bracelet or, you know, talking to her outside or recognizing her spirit through sunsets and through butterflies and you know, all these, all these different ways that people can continue to feel indie. Um, it's almost like in some ways she's more alive in their personal lives than she ever was before as well, because before they, you know, could come watch her on, on a screen and know that like Indy's somewhere out there and I get to watch her on this screen but now in her spiritual form, like she can truly be upon them and upon anybody who desires to have her presence. Like she can truly be upon them and help them through hard times. And it's been amazing to me to hear from people who really like, we don't know. They're just people who have followed her since she was a baby or, or even not some people who have only followed for like a month, you know, before she passed away that, that had that same sort of connect felt that same connection to her that they continue to seek her and to use her spirit in their daily lives and it's it's really incredible well and what you guys shared too was so faith promoting and i think you know a lot of people don't have that in their lives they don't have something that connects them to heaven or connects them to god or even gives them a concept of what that's like or how to be connected to a loved one after they pass away. And so I think you've given such a gift to people by sharing that because you didn't have to share it. You know, you could have kept that private and to yourself and continued to. And I'm always really, really inspired by the vulnerability and and just like the sacrifice of of your personal feelings and, and what you're going through that you would continue to share that so that you can help others, you know. Yeah. Thank you. It's, I just ask Indy every day, you know, for inspiration to know what to share, what she wants me to share and what she wants people to know. Because I, the whole reason I started, you know, this public social media page was for Indy. So I could share her life and her journey and her story and her light. And that's still my purpose. And you know, I want to carry on her legacy and I want to do it in a way that she wants it to be remembered. And I want people to remember her light. So in seeking guidance from her all the time, she really directs and tells me like what to share. (laughs) And it's also very healing for me to be able to continue to share her in, in this different way. Well, I'm really grateful for all that you've shared for this beautiful story of Indy's life and the way that she continues to inspire me and I'm sure other people who will find her through this too. So 
Yeah. I have one last question for you. Yeah. And that is if there's one message that you want the people listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? I'm so glad you asked. My message would be that we're really not separated from heaven and from our loved ones and from our heavenly parents as much as we feel that we are. The veil is so thin and it's up to us to always seek our loved ones and always seek divinity, our heavenly parents, to always feel them and know that they are there. When Indy was born, I always say like the veil was ripped wide open for our family because because of the spirit that she brought and because she probably wasn't very heavily veiled at all. Right. Um, just by nature, the nature of like her innocent spirit and other spirits like hers who choose to come in, in forms like someone with Down syndrome, you know, her presence alone just brought heaven into our home. And, and then through all of the experiences, through all of the hardships, through cancer, through what we learned um, it just brought heaven closer because it has to, like in times like that, you, you have to cling to heaven because mortality is too hard. So through all of that, that's my main message. That's my main takeaway for myself is to look back on this journey, to see, it still leaves me in awe to see how close heaven has been in our home, in our family, how close heaven is to Indy and, and now how close we remain to her spirit and the experiences that we've had, you know, through the journey. And then in her passing, I've never had like a stronger conviction of heaven and the closeness of, of divinity and how close we really are. So that's my message. (laughs) Well, thank you, Tara, for that beautiful message. And I will be thinking about that a lot. I think that I think we can just call upon heaven and upon those angels and have them in our lives as much as we choose to. So thank you for sharing that. Where can people find you if they want to follow along with you and your husband and Birdie and still see glimpses of um, Indy and who she is for you guys? Yeah, I will never stop sharing Indy. So she will be on my stories, on my posts. Um, but you can find us my Instagram on Instagram and Facebook. It's Tara Bell. So, um, yeah. Can you like put it in the show notes or do you yes. spell it out? We'll put it. Well, you can spell it too. So, okay. so that if someone doesn't look there, yeah, you know, that's always helpful. Okay. It's, um, so my name is spelled a little different. It's T E R A H and then Bell B E L L E. So Perfect. And we will put that in the show notes too. So thanks again, Tara. This was a gift. Yeah. Thank you so much, Corinne. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. Thank you.